you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And on today's episode of Locked On Mizzou, we're going to go way way, way back in time, all the way back to a time when Missouri still played football. Yes, the previous month, October 31st, 2020, when Missouri played Florida. Because you see, while that ended up being obviously a Gator blowout, in the back of my mind, at least my very biased Mizzou fan mind, I thought, you know, Missouri was was in there in the first half. They had a chance. Well, is that actually accurate? I'm going to go back and watch the first half of that game once again, analyze it very closely for all of you. But you know what? First, we got to start with some things from the news cycle that are piquing my interest. And on yesterday's show, we discussed Larry Roundtree, Missouri running back, deciding to head to the Senior Bowl, accept that invitation, which, well, basically meant for all intents and purposes that this will be Larry Roundtree's final season in Columbia officially and Missouri's strong safety duo and by strong safety I don't mean strong safety I mean their very dynamic and good safety duo Tyree Gillespie and Josh Bledsoe will be joining Larry in the senior bowl so any questions about them coming back for another year appear to have been answered as well And also, allow me to clear something up, or actually clean something up from last week. I did my episode about the dudes on Missouri's roster. That's dudes in all caps, by the way. Well, you know, I neglected to mention Tyree Gillespie, and honest to God, I had him written down on my piece of paper just for some reason, ended up bypassing him and and not mentioning him. Well, clearly that was a mistake on my part. He deserves to be in the category of, of really good SEC quality starters that could start on just about every team in this conference. Also, we have college football's most significant opt-out in quite some time, and that is in the form of South Carolina cornerback J.C. Horn, who's opting out to focus on the draft, and certainly in the wake of his coach being fired, you can somewhat understand that decision. Obviously, South Carolina going through some tough times right now, and especially on the defensive side of the ball, quite honestly. That was what Will Muschamp is known for, what he was brought in for in in large part. And, well, obviously, J.C. Horn, the Gamecocks, now without their top cornerback, that can't help. And just as a real surface psychological analysis, it does make you wonder, are they really going to rally for the interim coach when one of your best players is deciding, hey, you know what, guys, I'll, I'll see you down the road. I'll see you at graduation, that kind of deal. I don't know. It just makes you wonder if makes you wonder how much the Gamecocks are going to have in the tank on Saturday. And quickly, just some big NCAA basketball news before we look through that Florida first half with a fine-tooth comb. The NCAA has officially announced that the entire 2021 NCAA basketball tournament will be played in one site. 
and it sure is looking like looking like Indianapolis and the greater area of Indianapolis will be that site. The Final Four was already originally scheduled to be played there, and obviously you think about it, Indianapolis, a centrally located city, a big-time basketball area, of course, so the interest will be there, that kind of thing. But Indianapolis also a type of city that's used to hosting these types of big conventions, that type of deal. They have, obviously, where the Indiana Pacers play. They have that arena. They have where the Colts play, that arena. Obviously, the surrounding areas where Butler plays, et cetera, et cetera. So there's various basketball arenas there that you can that you can possibly use. Just this idea of, okay, let's put the tournament in a bubble. You know, we've seen that obviously that was fairly successful in the NBA. Will it have the same amount of resources? Probably not. So we'll have to see how that goes. I guess the question is, are we going to get to the NCAA tournament? That's really going to be the challenge. Now, if we can get through this season without having just an incredible amount of cancellations, Hopefully every team can certainly get to the minimum of 13, which doesn't seem to be that high of a threshold, but it's going to be it's going to be really weird if there's say a team like say Missouri doesn't have any any cancellations of games, they end up going 500 in the SEC, 9 and 9, something like that. Well, how do you compare them to a team in I don't know, say a, a mid-major or, or maybe just even a Power 5 conference like a Big 12? Now, maybe they, they have a lot of cancellations and say Iowa State goes, for instance, goes 7-2 and two in the Big 12. Well, obviously, those, the amount of games isn't comparable, but just the, the win percentage there, how do you balance that? How do you compare apples to oranges there? I'll just say I don't exactly envy the NCAA tournament committee this particular season. And coming up, we are going to get to my Florida breakdown including, well, a bit of a a nitpick, a criticism for our man, Connor Basilak, and also just the observation of how mistakes, little mental errors on the football field do not live in a vacuum. But you know what I want? I got to tell you about our good buddies over at Coors Light. And let me ask you something and be honest with me. Do you ever feel like you're always on? Because these days to me, everything... Sometimes just feels like go, go, go. Nothing but nonstop hustle and bustle, whether it's work or friends or family, a million different social issues, issues with the kids. Well, we're all expected to be on 24-7 and expected to provide an answer to all of life's questions. Well, sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. Well, that's when you reach for Coors Light, the beer that's literally made to chill and be rest and be assured that Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that is made to chill, get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So again, Hey, remember when Missouri played football, back when they played Florida on Halloween, back before I had gray hair and was drawing Social Security. Uh, yes, those indeed were the good old days. But considering it's been so long, I thought 
it would give me a good opportunity to have a bit of an emotionless or at least a a, a less emotional take on the Mizzou Florida game because I, I definitely get emotional while these things are going on and I wondered did I trick myself did my brain convince myself that this game was actually closer than it was in the first half because by golly by the time the brawl was on and it was 20 to 7 it felt like the game was over it really did I gotta be honest so what happened well for one thing Missouri's defense hung in there much better than you might have expected against what is obviously one of the elite offenses in college football in the Florida Gators. Now, Florida tight end Kyle Pitts, being the incredible player that he is, definitely made some really difficult plays that he made look easy. But you know what? To me, you can live with that for the most part. Because I did notice at one point on fourth and four, Florida has the ball. They isolate Pitts to one side of the field. Missouri, wisely in my opinion, puts a cornerback on him, Jarvis Ware. But unfortunately on fourth and four, for whatever reason, Ware didn't get a jam. And, and to me, you've got to play inside leverage there. Just make, make him throw the ball to the outside. Now, don't get me wrong, Pitts is so good, he can probably still go up there and, and make an easy fade catch. Again, make a, a difficult catch look easy for him. But to me, just the slant there, with no jam by where that's just too that's too easy for him and i did have to i did have to chuckle a little bit when the pa announcer said that pitts was an exact replica of kittle kelsey and hernandez i was like whoa 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 aaron hernandez i realize we're down in florida here but my goodness one of those things is not like the other kittle and kelsey clearly the two best tight ends in football right now aaron hernandez well, let's just leave all the, the criminality aside. The guy hasn't played in the NFL since 2012. So, I don't know, maybe give me Mark Andrews or TJ Hawkinson, somebody. I'll even settle for Jimmy Graham at this point. Anybody but Aaron Hernandez. But anyway, I digress. Now, just to prove that I'm not picking on Jarvis Ware by any stretch of the imagination, on the next play on first and 10, Ware's man goes in motion he follows him and completely reads and blows up this wide receiver screen pass for a loss. Then Rakestraw ends up knocking it down on third down. And what I noticed on that play, a good adjustment by Ryan Walters in the defense. Basically, once again, they put they isolated Kyle Pitts to the right side of the field, ended up putting the rest of their receivers to the left. Well, in this case, they double-teamed Pitts, which in the red zone I think should almost be automatic at this point. Now Pitts tries it, tries a lob pass to Kadarius Toney, who is a really dynamic player, but also not the biggest guy in the world. Maybe not the, again, the end-zone fade type player you want. So a, a good play by Rakestraw and just a good recognition of risk-reward in terms of, hey, even though Tony's a great player, I'd rather have him one-on-one -on -one in the red zone than Kyle Pitts. And not to pat myself on the back too hard here, but in my Florida preview episode, I mentioned three elements of Florida's offense that scared me. One was Kyle Pitts, two was Kadarius Tony, and three was simply just dump-offs to the running backs out of the backfield. 
Well, unfortunately, that was really where Missouri got gashed in the first half. Early on, Sean Davis is just absolutely uncovered out of the backfield on an early down. That's just simply too easy. I don't know what kind of miscommunication may have happened there, but honestly, if you're if you're number 18, if you're Trajan Jeffcoat on that play to the outside, if there's no one covering the running back there, you almost have to abandon, I think you have to abandon your pass rush and go cover him yourself. That's just me. Now, honestly, he, that may have been his assignment and he just messed it up. It was either him or Bolton needed to get out there, in my opinion, but neither one of them did it. And frankly, there was at least two more just, again, simple swing passes to running backs. One that got about a couple that got 25, 30 yards and another that got about 15. So those plays were not only explosive, they were efficient too. Every single one of them got a first down and it's just way, way, way too easy. Again, for as great as Kyle Pitts is, I'd still rather get beat by a back shoulder fade 25 yards downfield than a five-yard pass that turns into a 25-yard gain. That's just simple risk-reward math right there. So while the defense, to me, hung in there until the very end of the half, frankly, the offense just left way too much on the field. And they had their moments, too. They had their moments of moving the football, but just far too many mistakes. And we'll break that down. But first, I got to tell you about Built Go. Because while, of course, you have to take a moment and the time to relax in our go, go, go society, well, you need something to make you go, go, go as well. And what better than Built Go? Because whether it's a mental or physical wall, you can break through it every single day with the help of these one and a half ounce packages that fit quite easily in your briefcase, your golf bag, or in your pocket to help you get through the day. Because by golly, Build Go is absolutely the best workout gel on the market. It's like five hour energy without that same crash feeling. So visit builtgo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Built Go. Let's go. Now, obviously, the interception and subsequent return for a touchdown by Jarvis Ware, great play by him, even better play, I'd say, by the Missouri pass rush. Nick Bolton ends up getting right up the middle of the field into Trask's face, and frankly, he just threw it up for grabs. And that's kind of what happens sometimes when quarterbacks get pressure right up into their face. A lot of really good quarterbacks know how to deal with pressure, from the outside, but I'm not sure there is a quarterback out there who can really deal with good pressure right up the A-gap. So great job by Ryan Walters designing whatever that pass rush was to get home there. But speaking of pressure up the middle, well, that definitely affected Connor Basilak on a crucial third down on the subsequent drive by Missouri. Again, the Missouri defense, I'll say subsequent to when they held Florida to three points early there in the game, the, the rake straw pass breakup. Subsequent to that, Missouri had a nice drive, got into the Florida red zone, ends up being third down and five. And quite honestly, Basilak, this was his biggest mistake 
of the game, in my humble opinion. It's third down and five. He had Brett Bannister on a quick out. I mean, he's about as open as you can get on that. But unfortunately, Basilak hesitated because he felt and probably saw out of the corner of his eye a linebacker, somebody was coming really hard up into the middle of his face. But ultimately, that blitz was picked up. He had enough time to get rid of that football, but he was drifting backwards instead of standing tall, stepping in a throw, and just, frankly, that ball's just got to come out faster. He hesitated for just a second, and as he was falling back, he frankly just didn't have enough on the ball to get it to to Bannister. That brings up fourth and five. Well, then the snap's high, the field goal, no good. So a huge, just brutal missed opportunity there for the Tigers. Now, obviously, in terms of execution, drops were probably the biggest problem for the Tigers in this game. Obviously, soon soon after Missouri takes a 7-6 lead, they have the football Missouri's defense gets another stop. The Florida defense, frankly, not looking so hot against the Tigers here early in the first quarter. I love the first play after the punt. Missouri takes a deep shot. Perfect pass by Connor Bazelak. Unfortunately, Jalen Knox can't come up with it. Later in another drive, Michael Wilson can hold on to an RPO-type pass. Damon Hazleton had a couple couple important drops. And actually the one that was really critical by Hazelton. I think most people remember the first play of the game that should have been a gain for seven or eight yards that was dropped by Damon Hazelton. But late in the first half, Missouri trying to put up some points. It's second down and one, and Hazelton drops the ball. And much like the next play wouldn't have happened without that drop. You see, on then it was third and one, Number 17 for Florida, blows the play up from the inside. There's a miscommunication on the mesh point between Basilak and Tyler Beatty. Missouri loses the fumble, and they score on the very next play. And frankly, there's your ball game. It's 20-7, to and it just felt like Missouri basically had no chance at that point. But again, with no drop on second and one, you never have the third and one play where you have a much more aggressive Florida defense that knows you're probably going to try to run to pick up the first down. And similarly, well, Jarvis Ware early in that, when when he got that interception return for a touchdown, well, actually Florida had a third and one. They had their backup running quarterback in. Kyle Trask was on the sidelines, but they committed a a false start. So that made it third and six, a much more difficult first down to pick up. Trask comes back in, Missouri gets some pressure, and well, there you go. They're heading back for six the other way. My point is, is sometimes just these seemingly little mistakes, just a false start penalty, for instance. Well, it's just five yards. We still have the ball, still the same down, no big deal, right? But anytime it changes the scenario, changes your circumstances, well, all of that stuff can come back to haunt you. And quite honestly, The reason Missouri was able to upset Louisiana State about a thousand years ago, it feels like at this point, but no, seriously, all the way back on October 10th is because they had really high level execution, almost no penalties, 
They executed their trick plays well. The defense came up with stops when they needed them. And if it wasn't for, well, other other than uh, the muffed the muffed punts, more more center, more more mesh point exchange problems. Missouri was fortunate to hop on a few of those fumbles. Don't get me wrong, but for the most part, when it came to penalties, when it came to catching the football, that was really high level execution, and ultimately that won the day for the Tigers against the LSU Tigers. Now, to me, I'm sorry. If they would have executed better in the first half, I know this sounds crazy because of the final result, but I promise you, going back and watching that first half, that could have happened against Florida too. Now, I'm not saying Missouri would have ultimately won that football game, but it certainly could have been a competitive football game. No doubt about that, especially when we did take advantage of really the one bad Trask pass in the entire first half. Not only did we... We catch it, take it all the way to the end zone. At that moment, I felt really good about the Tigers' chances, and the, and the Gators were a little bit reeling at that moment. If Jalen Knox can just bring in that football, make it 14-6, hey, who the heck knows? Maybe if Basilak hits Bannister on that little quick out and doesn't kind of bail from the pocket, maybe Missouri gets into the end zone, takes a 7-3 lead. I'm just saying Florida's a really, really good team and certainly an elite offense, but we kind of let them off the hook in the first half, and they just out-executed us. That's all there is to it. So, with all that being said, I think that'll about do it for this episode. And we should be, as always, it's a very, very to-be-determined plan here on Locked on Mizzou, but usually we have our Wednesdays with Eli, react to his sound bites, and certainly I'll have a deep dive on South Carolina at some point, and we'll analyze the uniforms on Friday with Project Run Play. So until then, I'm John Miller, and you have been listening to Locked on Mizzou. Mizzou.